You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To left center, deep, gone, Brewers lead it. And a swing and a miss, he struck him out. Down the line, and that's the ball game. Hey, Brewers fans, it's a special off-season edition of Brewers Unfiltered. It's great to be back with you guys talking a little baseball. It's Sophia Minner, Adam McKelvey, and a very special guest, the new manager, Pat Murphy. And Murph, it's great to have you back in Milwaukee and be sitting here in the coaches' conference room, back in the clubhouse. It just feels right. Um, So it was a couple weeks ago that we got to formally introduce you, do the press conference, you're hard at work as we get ready for winter meetings in Nashville. Um, how have the last couple weeks gone since you've been formally named manager? Thanks, Soph. Thanks, Adam. Um, it's been great. I mean, I'm, I'm honored. Uh, truly am, you know, but I, I, can't, I can't say I've had a lot of time for anything. Um, my kids are number one, obviously, as you guys know, and then uh, everything Brewers and the transition and all that have uh, it's been pretty smooth. The, the, a great bunch of people around, so it's been pretty smooth. You know what have the last couple of weeks looked like? Because when we had the press conference, I think the fans saw you had most or all of your coaches there to sort of begin some some work. Um, well, what have the last couple of weeks just logistically looked like? Yeah, it's been exciting for one, um, but like I said, there's not a lot of free time, so not as much sleep as you'd probably like to have. Um, not as much uh, one-on-one kid attention as I'd like to have, but um, yeah, we've all we've all realized what's going on. It's been great. The staff has been great. All the people here with the Brewers have been great. Uh, Vasallo average, but everybody else great. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a team effort. It really is team effort, and we're. It's not just staying still. You know, we're making adjustments. We're trying to tweak things. We're trying to make things. Um, flow a little smoother we're we're dissecting as much as we can we're all excited you know everybody's excited it's it's kind of a new time but we want to be mindful of the staff's off season you know because the, the season gets pretty intense so we want to be mindful of that um and try to you know i, I call it stay behind myself i want to stay behind myself i don't want to get too far forward and running too fast because um you know my equilibrium isn't as good as it used to be when Matt introduced you as the manager at the press conference, a couple of things that he mentioned about why you were the right person was, you know, first continuity and, and culture. You've been a huge part of being the glue of, of the success of this team the last couple of years and in the last eight years as bench coach and, and also just still wanting to win, still wanting to field a competitive team. So in terms of the continuity piece, Murph, like, like Adam said, the coaching staff is coming back. You've been here a long time now. You know the group. You know the players. Um, how, how? What for fans? If they're thinking about continuity, what might look the same, and what might look different with you as manager? Well, I think uh, what looks the same is you're going to see a lot of familiar faces. Um, that's for sure. Um, and I, I think that continuity is important for the players, and they're the ones playing the game. I think what they might see different, like every year, you're going to see a new set of players. You're going to not recognize some of the guys that are out there. You're going to get excited about some new players, obviously. Um, 
but I think the style of play will be very similar, you know, youthful energy. Um, I think you saw that last year. Um, I think you'll see, uh, you know, a group of people that have done it before, you know what I mean? So I, I think, I don't think you'll see a lot of, um, back and forth. I think you'll see a group that knows what they want to do. So, um, yeah, I think the great fan will notice it. I, I think to the average fan, it'll look pretty similar. What will the great fan see then? I, I, you know, the the great fan you think will notice subtle differences? Certainly, Adam. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, the I'm a great. Fan is the great fan. You know what I mean? Like, why would you? Why would you pretend like the great fan isn't, Adam? Give the great fan credit. The great fan's going to see it, and if you can't see it, I can't share it with you because <laughs> only the great fan would understand it. Understood. I think. Murph, I think we'll ask, I, I want to hear more about your thoughts on sort of your team and, and what you look like, but but I do in these conversations, we were talking about this before we started recording, I think they're best when we sort of tell a little bit about the story of a guy, you know, hear about where a player or coach came from, and your um, your your baseball story is like fascinating and we don't have three hours for a podcast, we're not Joe Rogan, so, <laughs> but you know, where, like, for example, Dustin Pedroia, I had a chance to speak with him a couple of weeks ago, and he cites you as one of his baseball influences. Who was that for you if you go all the way back to your beginnings in this game? Well, I mean, I, I first think about um, my brothers because they take me in the backyard and beat the hell out of me in wiffle ball. Um, we were from New York, so they were the Yankees. I was always the Red Sox or the Dodgers. Um, and, uh yeah. I caught up to them, though, pretty soon. You know, I caught up to them. I tell them all the time, you know. They'd take me in the basement and, and box with me, you know, and I had to be Jerry Quarry. They were Ali Patterson and, and uh, Joe Frazier, and I was Jerry Quarry. I don't know if that'll make sense to boxing fans for sure. But then when I got to be about 12, things turned around a little bit, and um, I tell them all the time, you were the only 19-year-old on the block that got beat up by your 12-year-old brother. But anyway... Um, yeah, it was it was uh, my brothers at first, and then uh, there was a kid named Dennis Bardnett. He was an incredible uh, Pirates fan, um, and he taught me all about the Pirates in the early '70s. And then uh, my high school coach Pete Birmingham was he was first guy that ever believed in me and said, "You're going to do this," and I followed his direction. Uh, I was a little incorrigible; it's hard to believe. Um, my college coach is probably my biggest baseball mentor and my biggest coaching mentor because <laughs> he saw that I was going to be a limited minor league player and he encouraged me to go into coaching. So uh, Steve Trailer is his name. We're still great friends, as is with my high school coach, Pete Birmingham. He was only a couple years older than me. Um, but Trey is still living in South Carolina. Um, he had a great uh, coaching career after he left FAU is where I played uh, college ball. So those are the guys that influenced me the most. And then um, along the way, you, you you know, as you get into professional ball and all that type of thing, there's other people that, you know, um, helped you, helped you move along. Randy Smith with, uh, with the Padres, uh, he was a farm director. He, he pushed me along and he, he really saw, you know, a college guy going into pro ball is, is unusual and it was back then, and Randy Smith saw a little bit more, and I appreciated that. You know, um, Trevor Hoffman, Moises Alou, they've been they were great influences in my life. So, yeah, I'm thankful. You pitched, right? You mostly pitched uh, as a as a what kind of pitcher were you? 
I could do it all, Adam. <laughs> uh, I didn't just pitch, but yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, you kind of two-way player, right? But but then in, in the minor leagues, didn't you? Were, were you mostly a pitcher? Well, I was mostly uh, out on the mound uh, competing. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a pitcher, but I just, you know what, Adam? I didn't. I had no connection to professional baseball except when my college coach called me and said the Giants want to sign me. I just, I didn't know the game. I was football, basketball, boxing first. That was my life. Baseball in Syracuse, New York, was you know, a couple months in the summer, you play when they called you. And uh, I always competed, did whatever. I didn't know anything about the game. I never saw a pro game. I never, I never saw a pro scout till my senior year in high school. And, you know, uh, you know, failed miserably in front of him after leading the state and hitting and all that. I, I was, I was terrible that day. Um, I didn't know if there was a scout at any other game. I, I had no idea. Our team was real good. And I got a lot of awards and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't know if I was a good player or not. Got recruited lightly, um, but football and basketball and, and 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 being the light heavyweight champion of the world was my was my uh, <laughs> was my thoughts. And then um, yeah, I got lucky and found FAU down in South Florida. I got to play after after trying to play football in college and play basketball in college. Um, again, try to follow my dream as a fighter. I just I landed in Florida at Florida Atlantic, and they gave me an opportunity to kind of focus on baseball only, um, and that's where I signed. and And the rest is uh, muddled up with minor leagues and coaching Division three football, minor leagues, coaching Division three football, going overseas and uh, coaching the national team of the Dutch, and then in the Olympics with the Dutch, and you know, so some of that. And I I got lucky, and Notre Dame didn't really want to. Um, emphasize baseball. They hadn't emphasized baseball. They didn't want to. And I got lucky enough to get the job at 28 years old as the head coach at Notre Dame. Not a fully funded program, not full scholarships. And then, you know, uh, got really lucky to be at a great university with great people. And then it made me look like I knew what I was doing, which I, which trust me, I didn't. <laughs> but it made me look like I knew what I was doing. So we had a lot of on paper success. Um, and uh, then I got offered a bunch of other jobs and against what I thought I'd ever do, uh, being a Notre Dame lover all my life, uh, I left Notre Dame, got to go to Arizona State, um, got knocked on my ass a little bit, knowing that, wow, I better, I better get up to speed here and learn about this game called baseball. We had great success and, uh, you know, got an opportunity to get into pro ball and uh, still learning, still learning. <laughs> Murph, I think anyone that spends time around you knows that you will talk to anyone and everyone. And we, we joke all the time, you're like the mayor of baseball because you just went through the odyssey, right, of, of your baseball journey. And I think a lot of Brewers fans, they know the the big name stops, right, of Notre Dame and Arizona State and then to San Diego and then ultimately here to Milwaukee. But for you, like, when you think about the, Adam mentioned Dustin Pedroia, he's one of thousands now of players that you've gotten to know, scouted, recruited, coached at the, at the college, minor league, professional level, here in the big leagues. I mean, you are the most connected person I think I know in all of baseball. Where do, is that, is, Has that always been who you are um, about wanting to connect with people, getting to know them, getting to know players? And like, how do you keep that going? You know, because maintaining all of that. Well, thanks for saying that. Um, I will say this, you know, um, 
I love my friends. I love my associations. I love to connect with people. Um, and they impact me. Hopefully I can impact them at some point. Maybe not, but I, but it's not for lack of trying. Um, I, I love my former players, even the ones that I didn't have. Like, I didn't think uh, the guy that was the manager here last year, I, I didn't think that guy would ever speak to me again after <laughs> four years I had with him at Notre Dame. I was tough, uh, inappropriately tough maybe in today's standards. But, you know, um, it, I have been that guy. You know, I, I was a talker when I was young, and I, I was the youngest of five, so I was, was cocky. I was, I was um, you know, not afraid. Um, I, I, I did things that other kids probably didn't get to experience in terms of um, in the neighborhood and on the streets. And it, it was like, Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Um... I talked my way into a lot of things, and I, I would, uh, I got it from my dad, I think, um, and people would say, "Hey, he's just full of crap," you know. But I, I had a dream. I told people someday I'm going to be at Notre Dame. No, academically, I, I couldn't get in there. I didn't know what an SAT was. I thought it was a vitamin. But sure enough, you know, I ended up at Notre Dame. You know, and and I believed in myself enough to take the chance to even know a lot of times when I was unprepared, I'd get in there and, and get a chance. And then I'd learn a lot and forge ahead. And I didn't want to stop. But, uh, yeah, my associations, you know, Prince Fielder signed to come to ASU. And, and, and uh, John Lester was coming to ASU. Nolan Arenado, you know, we've got a list of uh, Eric Hosmer. We, we've got a great list of uh, guys that were, were coming, uh, Jimmy Rollins. And... Um, I love to keep up with those guys. Charlie Green, one of our own, was was coming to Notre Dame, um, and yeah, I, I got started young. So when you get started young and you're in this game that long in a leadership position, wow, you get to meet a lot of people, and and I love it. I mean, love it. I love competing against opponents and hating them for the moment, and then becoming teammates with them or on the same in the same dugout with them. Um, yeah, I love that part of it. Murph, because you mentioned the football coaching, you know, we, we in spring training, the writers were usually in the clubhouse first thing in the morning. And then there's like this lull where we go up and do a little work before going out on the fields. So we get to see your PFPs every year that you do on the main field with the pitchers. And it's a football. I mean, you're a football coach out there. You're yelling and screaming and, you know, talking a lot of trash and getting, getting on the guys. Um, like, is there still a little football coach in you, do you think? And, and what did you, what do you think you 
drew from that experience. Yeah, I don't I don't know how people interpret that when they they hear football coach, but I'll I'll take it as a compliment. Um, it's just having fun, you know. Spring training is spring training is oof, it's long, and uh, what we're trying to do is get these guys' feet underneath them and get them prepared to play. So that little segment for me is something that passes the time and makes them laugh, hopefully. Um, and yeah. I was a football coach. I loved it. Probably should have stayed in that route. Things would have been a little easier right now for my, <laughs> for me and whatever, maybe. Um, yeah, it was something that, uh, yeah, I, I, I admired Era Parshizian way back in the day from Notre Dame. And then I got to be around Lou Holtz and Barry Alvarez. Um, I know these guys. I, I'm still close with, with uh, Barry and Lou. I mean, that was special to me, watching them work, watching them handle the media, watching them handle their teams. So, yes, I adopted some of that. When, when I got to Notre Dame, that's, that's all I knew, and I probably did it. Uh, I was a little rough and a little um, demanding um, for the normal baseball coach. I didn't know how to treat opponents. I didn't know how to treat opposing coaches. I, the coach from Illinois, a longtime coach, famous coach, Itchy Jones, um, I come to know is, you know, a legend in college baseball. And Itchy called before one of our, it was just a fall scrimmage. He called and said, hey, Murph, why don't we go to lunch? I thought to myself, why the hell would I want to go to lunch with you, Itch? If you walked in front of my car, I might run you over. You know, like, go to lunch? For what? You know? And, and I really felt that way, you know? Maybe not running him over in a car, but I mean... <laughs> I just had that mentality. I'm going to beat you. Even if it's a scrimmage, I'm going to beat you. So that's kind of where I came from. I've had to soften up. I've learned, I've made every mistake a couple times and I've had to learn. Um, and you, I love talking about coaching now. I love it. I love the profession. I love talking about where it can go, where, what its place is, what our job is. Um, because I've made so many mistakes and I've I've been lucky enough that coaching has kept me, you know what I mean? And now I want to give back. I want to, I want to help young coaches. I want to tell them the stories. I want, to, I want to enlighten them on trying to have an impact on other people, you know, and how important we are and how important we're not, you know? Well, along those lines, you did have a football analogy in your press conference, and you said you feel like coaches are offensive linemen, and it's your role to create a hole and, and let the players – run through, right, and then do their thing um, and, and ultimately hopefully have a lot of success. So along those lines, you have a new coach on your staff, Ricky Weeks. Um, can you share a little bit about how that conversation started with Ricky, about bringing him onto your staff, what an associate manager means to you, and, and how Ricky can help you do what you want to do as a manager? Ricky is, I mean, it's the fans here in Milwaukee know who this guy is. I mean, he was an impactful player. He had a demeanor and a presence about him. Um, although I wasn't here, I, I can imagine what it was like. I've heard about it, you know. I hear people when his name is mentioned. Then I got to meet him the last couple of years as he's one of our special assistants that traveled around, helped, helped player development, helped us, whatever. Um, and I got to know him a little bit. I knew his brother uh, in the recruiting process. Um, I know where he's from. And, uh, yeah, and uh, people that I know know him and would talk about him. Seeing that, the first thing I thought of is 
what a great representation for our staff to have a guy like that who's a brewer at heart, who spent a lot of blood, sweat, and tears out on that field with that demeanor, that ability to impact, whether he's ever done it before or not, how do we get them? I said to Matt Arnold, the first time they talked to me about staffing, my number one would be Ricky Weeks. How do we get him? And the, the prevailing thought was, we probably can't. He's, he does, you know, family first, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, let's, let's make a real effort. Let's get after it. And the front office went and made that effort. Not just me, you know, and I didn't know how Ricky felt about it. And then he told me how he felt the same way, that he would want to do that and that he was comfortable with with our staff and, and myself. And that was just music to my ears. I was I was really happy. And I, th I think he's going to be a great impact. For young players to see him and to to know and have the awareness of of what Ricky believes about the game is going to is going to affect their careers. He's going to he's going to be a big impact. Associate manager, it's a title. Um, it means you're an extension of me. Um, I'm honored that someone would say that, and I uh, he's going to he's going to carry forth our our concepts and um, he, like I said, he's going to be a tremendous impact. Murph, what about the X's and O's? Because I think, you know, maybe the bench coach has always been thought of as like the, the strategy guy. Um, I know now there is a strategy coach on, on the, Walker McKinvin is run prevention coach is now his title. Who's involved in a lot of the game planning. There's, there's just more people involved today. Do you feel like the bench coach is less X's and O's now? And you can use Ricky, for example, as a resource in, bigger picture is that is that a fair way to think about it uh, for there is no bench coach you know um th that title is not out there right now and uh, titles to me are you know um just what they are titles and i don't think they always represent the impact you have or what you're doing and there's no way to measure sometimes you know what coach some bench coaches do more x's and o's than others um counts as, as a guy who had a lot in his head and did a lot on his own um but we all rely on the information. There's so much information out there. We compile it and then we apply it to our roster, our game that night against the opponent we're playing. Ricky's going to have... Um, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Impact there. He's going to have impact one-on-one uh, -on -one with players. He's going to have impact conceptually with how our offense is going to run. You mentioned Walker. Walker's had an impact with us, uh, and when it comes to strategy, he takes all the information from up top and deciphers it for us, makes it make sense. Um, Chris Hook has tremendous uh, input in the strategy towards the game. Nestor Will, um, Nestor Corridor, uh, there's a lot of guys. Jason Lane will have impact um, on the strategy of the game. Quentin Barry. Um, yeah, it's it's a team effort. They all have responsibilities, and it all flows forward. Um, but the players play, 
coaches coach, players play. Uh, Soph mentioned opening holes. I mean, that's that's uh, what we do. Who gets the credit? Who's responsible for it? You never know. You never know what players pick up on. You know, uh, coming up through coaching, one of the things I like to tell young coaches all the time, like, okay, Dustin Pedroia, you mentioned him. Uh, incredible. You know, like it's a privilege to have been any part of his career. How much did I affect? I get credit for affecting him because he wasn't a highly recruited player, and then he ends up being a major league all-star. I yelled at Theo Epstein, uh, uh, telling him that he was he was lowballing him in the draft, and that this was ridiculous. This kid's going to make him look bad. He's going to be a shortstop of the future, um, and he's going to lead the Red Sox to a World Series. And I, I kid Theo about that every time I see him. Um, but this kid was five six, you know, one hundred fifty pounds, and they're telling me it's the Red Sox were. Red Sox Nation was concerned, right? But how much credit do I get? A lot. How much did I really do? Who can measure it? Who knows? I mean, what, what's Pedroia going to say? Ah, this guy didn't do crap for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't say that. I got a big position now, so it looks like I did something. But do we really know? I mean, do we really know? And coaches, do you care? I mean, is that what you're hanging your hat on? Or are you moving forward, getting better, trying to open other holes that may never get noticed? I might have opened a hole for, for Ty Johnson, uh, who played for me for five years at ASU, and he's a preacher in 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 a, a pastor in in uh, Phoenix for over ten churches. Did did I open holes for him? I mean, because he's one of my close friends in the world, and like, like you just don't know. You know, and you shouldn't care. Just keep doing your job. Hear the play, run the play, block who you're supposed to block, open the hole, they run through, come back in the huddle, repeat. And if you can't be satisfied with doing that, you're not going to be a great coach. Murph, as you're here in Milwaukee, you and the staff, you're preparing for winter meetings in Nashville. You know, when you talk to Matt Arnold and the front office group and your coaching staff, just what do you see as the priorities for for this team as you're looking ahead to, you know, your first spring training and regular season as the manager? Yeah, I would say the priorities right now is the staffing, the roles. Um, it's, it's complex. There's a lot that goes into this. And there's a lot of collaboration, front office, you know, field personnel, and then all the people involved in performance, player development, there's a lot of collaboration. So that's what we're, we're kind of smoothing uh, the lines, if you will, or paving the way for everybody to be able to flow, um, knowing that there's opportunity for overlap and, and everybody to contribute in, in a lot of areas, not just be stuck in their own lane. Um, so that's going on, then personnel, who fits on our club. Um, that's talked about a whole bunch. And then systems, how those systems are going to work during the year and how we're going to um, operate day to day. All that's being discussed long and hard. I mean, we were here yesterday, probably seven hours, Cam Castro in player development, Will Hudgens overseeing performance, you know, Carl Mueller, uh, Klein, um, Matt Klein and, and Arnold, we sat here for, I don't know, we were here from two to, uh, I think we got home at 11 last night, constant, you know, um, a few jokes here and there, Adam, I can't help not having fun, but, uh, <laughs> trying to keep it, trying to keep it light. Um, but, and then, uh, you know, that's, that's going to go on for a few days and we go to the winter meetings. That's just, the, you know, um, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of pomp and circumstance, really, but 
there's work being done behind the scenes. And then, um, yeah, back to Phoenix and um, do some things there for a while. Youth baseball, I got a lot of, a lot of uh, interesting stuff going there. You're you're coaching, right? I, I run a nonprofit in in uh, Arizona that uh, I do some coaching. Yeah, there's there's a group of nine year olds. Uh, my son's one of them, and I make sure the dads don't get too out of control. Uh, hold myself accountable, and um, yeah, and moms, dads, and moms that try to get out of control. But yeah, I have a lot of a lot of joy seeing those kids and and trying to lead them into realizing baseball's more than just uh, playing a game, that it's um, there's responsibility along with it, you know, if you're going to be a ball player and play at a competitive level, and that's yeah, fun. It, it's fun. And I've done it for a lot of years, and um, when you have your own kid involved, it makes it a lot easier to, to get after it. Murph, your two older kids certainly understand how important um, this opportunity is for you, um, Kelly and Kai. Kai plays for, in the Padres organization. Then you have two younger kids, grade school age, essentially. What do they think about this? And Murph, how do you keep up with two kids, four and nine? Yeah, uh, that's you got to do it, Adam. Try it, man. That's a, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I didn't plan it this way for sure. Um, I'm, I've got four beautiful kids, and uh, I'm so proud of uh, all of them. But uh, the older two have made me look good. Um, that's a key. That's a key in parenting. Make sure your kids are a whole lot better than you are. And uh, I don't know how it happened, but uh, I've got two unbelievable older children. Uh, Kelly, my daughter, who uh, uh, is married to one of our staff members, uh, Pedro Alvarez. Uh, Kelly's got two two daughters of her own, and uh, Lulu and Naley. And then we've got uh, Kiki or Kai, who we uh, who the kids all call him Kiki. Um, we got him at 23 now and just turned 23. And, uh, yeah, he's lucky enough to continue his career after college. And um, then I got my two little ones, Jackson and Austin. They, they'll keep you busy. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll keep you busy. And they love it. I think, I think Austin at nine, he kind of understands it. You know, like, wow, all right. Dad's doing what Counts is doing now. You know what I mean? So he, he kind of gets it. He loves baseball. Uh, Jackson, he... he he don't care. He, he wants to make sure there's candy and, you know, uh, <laughs> bubble gum for him, you know. Well, I think, you know, you your boys were, were at the press conference in their Murphy jerseys, and I know it was a thrill for them, and they were they were part of your decision, right, of, of coming back and taking this job. That's not a decision that you make lightly, but we've enjoyed getting to see your boys, whether it's before the game and getting their candy and sometimes even on the line with you for the national anthem, running around with their pal Jeb Miley. Um, for you, Murph, to be able to share that with them um, and to see their excitement about coming back here, just, you know, having them part of the Brewers family, what, what does that mean to you? It's all they know, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> you get me choked up, Soph, but uh, you guys are so good to them. You know, that's what, that's what this is all about. You know, I hope they remember this. I, I, I think they will. And you guys have made them feel so part of it because that is really what this is about. You know, um, being a great example. What else, what else, what else are we about if you're not a great example? So, um, having my young kids around and, uh, it's, it's beautiful. Murph, what kind of club do you think you're going to have? What, what's your, 
what's your vision? Is it is it to hoist a World Series trophy at the end of next season? I don't think that far ahead, Adam. You know, that's a possibility, obviously. Um, it, it, is it a goal? Of course. But you don't get to that grandiose goal by, you know, worrying about it or focusing on it. You got to keep your head down because there's a bunch of potholes along the way. Um, you know, we know who we are. And we know what phase we're in uh, right now. And, and we've had it uh, seven years in a row. I have been... I've been here for all of them and paid attention most of the games, but um, you know, <laughs> we've been pretty damn good. You know, it's been it's been um, it's been seven years of 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 success. I mean, relatively speaking, we're in it every game for seven straight years and have that that dream alive. Um, hasn't worked out at the end um, necessarily, but a lot goes into that too. That that we could get in a whole other discussion. We do a podcast for a long time on what that postseason baseball is about. But I will tell you this, um, we're, we're going to play with, with some excitement and I think we're going to play with some energy. Uh, I, I'm certain of that because uh, that's the type of people we have. Um, and we will be young. I don't know what the roster is going to look like exactly. And that's really not my job, you know, um, they want to throw that on me, then, you know, let's do that. But uh, you're not capable of, of doing all of it. So I'm lucky the one I'm doing, but, but I think that, I think we'll play with energy. I know there's teams in the league that are kind of at their, their point where they're, um, you know, uh, everything's coming together for them. Um, I think there's been some teams that in the division that have been, getting tired of getting beat by the Brewers. And I, th I think they have made some adjustments and improved their team in a way. Um, and we're, we're always finding a way to be competitive. Nobody predicts us always to be good. They've just kind of come to know we're going to be good. And I think um, while it may look like, wow, Brewers got a long way to go, I think um, we'll find a way. I really believe that because I believe in the players. Well, speaking of players, Murph, there's one who's in the news, and maybe in the next couple of days we'll we'll hear more news about Jackson Churio. <clears throat> and nothing's finalized as we're sitting here talking, but you know it looks like the Brewers are trying to lock him up for for quite a while. Um, you've gotten to see him play a little bit, be around him in in the dugout during some Cactus League games and spring training time. Just generally speaking, what are your impressions of this kid and and sort of what his ceiling looks like? You know, Adam, when when um <laughs> when you're around him, the smile gets you right away. You know, he's got a beautiful smile and a little snicker uh, that uh, you can't forget, you know, and uh, a lot of attention on him. He knows it and he handles it really well. Um, I'm excited for the kid. I hope, I hope we can get the deal done and um, I hope the kid can be part of our club this year. But, uh, you know, you, you look at them all individually and, and you, you don't want to single out one as – is the one that's more important than another because it takes when you're stirring that soup it takes everybody um it takes all the ingredients uh, to make your soup taste good uh but i think that's a that's an ingredient that could help us you know um serve more soup that tastes real good all right last one murph since you're going with soup what is your favorite soup since we are in like soup season here in milwaukee last night so Last night, I want you to know, I had white bean soup, okay? Um, and it was incredible. Uh, 
I told the waitress, I'm, I'm known to mess with the waitress a little bit. It's kind of a theme of my um, entertainment process. And um, I told her that I was a former rapper and my name was White Bean, so I'll have the White Bean Soup. Um, she bought it and uh, <laughs> um, I had the White Bean Soup and it was really, really good. Yeah, I, I have one more too, because you mentioned boxing, Murph. You ever put your uh, boxing training to good work throughout your baseball career? I would think there'd be an opportunity here and there. Adam, um, from a standpoint of uh, being violent towards another, no. But <laughs> I love I love the training part of it. I have a bag in the back here that uh, people know that I'll go and hit and some of the players get interested. There's so many parallels to hitting and throwing a punch, and it, it really is. There's so many parallels. Body movement, the way the kinetic chain works. Um, but I love the training. I love doing it. I love sparring with people, that type of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I, I got tons of stories of ASU days, Notre Dame days, before that, of training with players and them, them, them then creating stories that are not true, but they... They like to do that because they, they sparred with me, so they like to make up stories that I knocked them out or that I, you know, they couldn't play for a week because they they sparred with me and things like that. But um, none of which are true, but uh, it's been great, and it's it's part of my life. I want my kids to do it. Uh, um, and it's, it's a great training. It's a great training. Uh, but it's the violence part or using it on people in an aggressive way, nah, that's, that's not uh, – it's not – not for me. I think we covered a lot here, Adam. Mm -hmm. Maybe more than what we intended with football, boxing, soup. <laughs> All the important things, right? <laughs> and Murph is a rapper. We'll get that. There'll be a video of that at some point, maybe in spring training. But thanks, Murph. We really do appreciate the time. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here, guys, with me. Thanks so much to Pat Murphy for taking some time with us while he's here in Milwaukee. He and the staff getting ready for the winter meetings, which will start next week in Nashville. So uh, thanks for tuning in with us here on Brewers Unfiltered. Maybe there'll be more to talk about here on the podcast after winter meetings and as we get deeper into the off season. So thanks to Pat Murphy for uh, Adam and I. We'll catch you next time on Brewers Unfiltered. Brewers Unfiltered.